how many can say he's my savior he's my healer my deliverer what a mighty god we serve amen let's just go to him in prayer father lord we just come once again lord to just to hear from you father we just ask that you would come and you would take control lord of every part of this service Lord, as we would begin to minister, Lord, may it be the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may it not be man's thinking or man's ideas, but Lord, that you would speak, that we could hear, Lord, from you, Lord, we pray. We ask that you would bless your people this morning, those that have made the sacrifice to come this morning and to give glory and honor to you. Lord, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. You're so good to us. You're so wonderful to us. We ask now that you would just take these words, Lord, from our lips, Lord, and anoint them to hearts and ears to receive. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 22 and verse 1. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Like David would say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. There's singing in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance in the house of the Lord. There's so many wonderful things. Amen. His presence is heaven to us. Amen. Amen. Matthew 22 and verse 1. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made a marriage for his son and was sent forth and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. And again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatling are killed, and all things are ready, coming to the marriage. <clears throat> but they made light of it and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant, remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their cities. Then saith he unto his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants were sent to the highways, and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came in to see the guest, he saw there was a man had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. And there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen." Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning. I'd like to speak to you this morning on speechless. Something that's been on my heart for quite some time. And Wednesday we spoke about the voice as of a trumpet. And speaking about that voice. And you know when that voice sounds and it speaks. It's like as a lion roareth. It, everything in the jungle just shuts up, amen. And, and you know, I, I was just reading this scripture of, of the wedding supper that was given or the wedding invitation 
It's an invitation to come to a wedding, and everyone has received that wedding invitation. You know, there's, he said, you know, many that were, were called, he was asked, and asked them to come. They would not come, and so they even destroyed the servants and killed the servants that were, were sent, sent to give them the invitation. And then he tells them then to go into the highways and byways, and I'm thankful that the, that wedding call has went into the highways and the byways. And the places and the deep, dark places of the earth to find those that are his, amen, to, be, to call them to a place to where they can come and stand by his side. But, you know, there was this one man that had come to the wedding, but, you know, he must have come a different way. There was uh, uh, some other way of coming because when you would come to a wedding, it was actually showed there in the Orient uh, even today as they do it, when you come to a wedding, you know, you come and you don't, you don't just come with the clothes that you wear, but they actually will come and put a robe on you. And that way, everyone that comes to that wedding, they all are the same, whether they be rich or poor or they have a lot or they don't have much or, or they be uh, somebody on the street or they be someone in government. When you come to the door and you put on this garment, it makes everyone to be the same. And, and this is what Jesus is speaking of. Now, we know the garment that he's speaking of is not uh, clothes from a factory somewhere, but the garment that we're required in this hour is the garment of the Holy Ghost. That when you come into the, his, when you come to his wedding, that it won't be one is rich, one is poor, one is a, uh, uh, way up more, an important person, one is a nobody, but everyone will be the same because they'll have that wedding garment on. And, 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 you know, here this man came, no doubt he came thinking that he can cut, do it on his own or, you know, the voices that he would listen to that, that, you know, maybe it wasn't important to put that on or whatever. But, you know, when he came and, and the voice of God began or the king began to speak to him, when that king spoke and said, why have you, have you come to the wedding, but you don't have a wedding garment? And the Bible said he was speechless. In other words, no excuse could he offer. There was nothing he good enough he could come up with to answer the king's question. And, and you know, everyone has been given that opportunity, uh, you know, in this time that we live in, as far as here in this building, you've been given opportunities after opportunities to put on the wedding garment. And when you go before him, you will be without excuse. You won't have, a, there won't be a voice that you, or anything in your mind or anything that you can say or any voice that you can come up with. You, you won't be able to say anything when you stand before that presence of God. And, and you know, and he was speechless. He couldn't say a word. He, he, he couldn't, he couldn't say anything. And you know, and he said, said to him, friend, he said, friend. So this man was not a stranger. It wasn't somebody that, 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 you know, shouldn't have been there or didn't get the invitation and didn't get the invite, but he was, he was some, you know, a church member or he was somebody that was accustomed to being in the presence of God. And, you know, here he said, friend, what are you doing here without the garment on? Why would you think that you could come on your own or why would you think that you could be good enough or why would you think that anything that you could do or you could be that you could manufacture on your own, how do you think that you could do it on your 
your own and not do it the way that I have asked you to do it. And, and this man couldn't come up with anything. He was speechless. You know, and I, I get to thinking about those that are, that'll stand before the judgment day and, and, and you know, and they, they stand there and God asks the question, why? And what are they going to be able to come up with to say, why did you not go to that church? Or why did you not give yourself to God when I gave you opportunity after opportunity? And, and you know, there's going to be many that's no doubt going to stand there speechless. And, and you know, not, not have a word to, uh, to offer, not have anything to, 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 to give, you know, or not, nothing that they could come up with that's good enough in that presence. And, and, you know, and, and, and no doubt in their mind, they'll go back through their mind and think about the opportunities and the wasted times and, and the times they could have given their heart to the Lord or they could have surrendered or they could have believed and they could have and all of that is all gone now and they have nothing but speechless. And, and, you know, and, and here the time that this man was standing there and he was, and, and Brother Brandon was said like this, he said, was he a Presbyterian? Was he a Pentecostal? Why didn't he have a robe on? He was dressed in just ordinary street garb. And, and he said, so there was one thing, sure, he hadn't come by the door. He hadn't come by the way of Jesus Christ. He hadn't, hadn't come to get his robe on. He maybe went by his own ideas or other voices or or went by what his church said or what somebody else said or some man-man theology or just shake a hand or just be sprinkled or something, but he didn't come by the door. If he had, he would have repented. He'd have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost just exactly as everyone else there with a robe on did. And he said, he, here he was, because he didn't come by the door. He said, that's the door everyone has to go by. He said, because if he, he is the door, he is the bridegroom. He stands there, the father giving the invitation, calling you. You come up and he, to give you a robe, and everyone receives it just the same way. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come up and receive God. Accept God. Be baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord. And the Holy Ghost comes in. And fills you just like it did on the day of Pentecost. It has to be the same way for every person that has a robe on. Amen. He said, but the man must have come in a window. He must have slipped in some other way. And when the king, the bridegroom said, friend, how did you get in? That showed that had been some good old fashioned Holy Ghost preachers down there. For he stood speechless because he knew he had had the opportunity. Mercy, and he sat maybe, you know, in some meeting. He knew better. He knew that before God, he couldn't say, I never heard about it. He couldn't say, I never had the opportunity because he had been in some Holy Ghost meetings. He had seen the lame walk. He had seen the blind see. He had seen great miracles of God. And there he stood speechless. And he said, why? He said, what did God say? He said, bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer dark in the darkness and then be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. He said, suit yourself, friend. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. 
He said that Jesus Christ's own words, he said it wasn't just a parable, it's a prophecy. It'll be that way someday. He said, someday, so tonight, while the gates are open and the waters are flowing free and everything is ready and the Father is knocking at your heart, he said, son, you've been, he says, son, you've been playing church long enough. It's time for you to get right. He said, I advise you to go by that door and get a robe on. Amen. Go by the way of repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and ye shall receive the robe. Amen. The righteousness of God. See, we try to come on our own abilities, our own righteousness, our own works, or what we think, our own ideas, but you'll not get to the supper unless you come by that door. Unless you come by that Holy Ghost. What could he say? What did he come to the moment that whatever he could say was no good anymore? He had said many things, no doubt, in the church service. I'll, I'll, I'll do it another time, or I'll be, a, I, I'm good enough, or I'm okay. He had said all kinds of stuff. But when he came before the king, he was speechless. His words were no good no more. His thoughts were no good no more. What he could come up with on his own was worthless. Because he'd come by some other way beside the door. What is the robe? It's the, the robe of Christ. And when you adorn the robe of Christ, it's the spirit of Christ in you. It's the spirit of Christ. If you have the spirit of Christ in you, you'll act like Christ. It'll do the works of Christ. It'll have the gentleness, the long-suffering, the goodness, the mercy, the meekness, the patience, the Holy Spirit. And this why the, his spirit is living within you. But this man was speechless. When he maybe, you know, he thought, well, well wait a minute. I, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a messenger's believer. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. We're not interested in just becoming a name of some, uh, of some creed or some dogma or something. We want the life of Christ. We want him on display in our life. See, he didn't come by the door. He, he came by another way. He came by a Baptist church or he came by a Pentecostal church or, or maybe just came by a Methodist church, uh, message church just to believe or just to understand or just say, I believe something. But none of that's going to be any good no more when you come to this moment. He came up maybe by some man's way or his own way or church way or some other way. But God has a provided way and that way is Jesus. Amen. That way is Jesus and you come by Jesus and you take on the name of Jesus by spiritual baptism. Amen. When then you're dead and you take on Christ by the new birth and you're born again and you're filled with the spirit. See, when the spirit of Christ comes in you, it deals with all of your excuses. All of your excuses are wiped away and they're no good no more. They come by the door, you roll by the same spirit, have the same kind of life, have the same kind of testimony, be the same person. But the king says, fellow, friend, why are you here without a wedding garment? The question was asked, why did you come without a wedding garment? And the Bible said he was speechless. He had no excuse. I wonder how long it had been that he listened to the wrong voice. The voice that said, you know, as Brother Brandon would say, you know, he said, I would give my heart to the Lord a long time ago. He said, but there was a voice that said, wait a little longer. 
Or there's voices that say, I'm good enough. There's voices that say, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I believe the message. I, I've made it. No, it's more than, a, we're, we're looking for more than just a belief system. We're looking for more than just rules and regulations and, 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 and voices of, of do's and don'ts. We're looking for more than that. We want the Spirit of God in our lives. Amen. You know, let's turn to Proverbs 1 and verse 1, and we're going to go through these chapters here this morning, if you'll bear with me. Because Solomon, you know, as Solomon would come into his kingdom, he asked God for wisdom. He asked God for more than man's intellect or more than man's abilities or more than his own knowledge or his own ways or whatever he could conjure up as a king. He wanted more than that. And I, I believe we, are, as children of God, we have that same desire. We, we want more than what we can think or what we can come up with or our own ways. We want God's wisdom. Amen. And this, and this wisdom that Solomon was looking for and asking for was not man's abilities as far as intellectual speaking. Amen. All that only take you so far. But what Solomon was asking for was, God, I want to hear your voice and say what you say and, and believe what you believe. And, and let it be not Solomon's ideas and Solomon's ways, but I want the wisdom of Almighty God. And here we read in the first verse, the first verse, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. Now I want you to listen to voices here. He says, to know wisdom. So to know when wisdom and instruction speaks. To perceive it. To have the ability to understand. I mean, the words of understanding. To, and it's not understanding of human intellectual ability, but to understand, amen, godly wisdom and godly instruction to discern and comprehend of, of, the, of godly understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtility to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. Amen. Or good judgment. Or, or, or you know, to those who are, are, can be easily misled. Amen. To give something on the inside, that inner voice they can listen to. He said, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. And the person of understanding will acquire wise, acquire wise counsel and the skill or to, that will to steer his course wisely or to lead others to the truth. Verse 6 says to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings or their, their mysteries that are hidden there. Amen. I believe that we have been given the abilities to understand the mysteries that are there. And it's not by a man's intellectual ability, but by the wisdom of Almighty God. Amen. To understand a proverb or a figure of speech or the words of the wise and their riddles are mysteries. Amen. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you want to understand God, you've got to start reverence God. That what God said is thus saith the Lord. And my excuses mean nothing. My ideas mean nothing. I, I know it matters not what I think. That's hard to say in, in the Laodicean age that we live in. Everybody's got a thought and they got a right to say something because it's the age of people's rights. 
Listen, you can't put yourself out there in any kind of way on, on Facebook or any kind of social media without somebody having something to say about it. It's the age that we live in. You, can, you know, you can't even put out a CD anymore, you know, of good gospel music without somebody having something to say about it. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the reverent fear. That is worshiping him. <laughs> I love this. It's amplified. The fear of the Lord. That is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. He's truly awesome. What he says matters. What I think doesn't. Amen. It's the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge. It's the starting place. It's the basics. It's, it's where you begin when you realize, God, you're awesome. You're beyond what I can think or ask. You're beyond what I can come up with or any excuse I can give. God, you are awesome. He said, but arrogant fools despise godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. The man in the parable had an opportunity to get a garment, but he didn't think it was important. He sat through godly instruction to hear what God required, service after service after service, but still refused to hear the awesome voice. Amen. And verse 8 said, my son, so hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Hear. In other words, tune everything else out. As we, said, as we said Wednesday night, there's so many voices that's trying to take a little part of the pie, to get a little part of your, of your mind and, and thereby get a gateway into your soul. There's so many voices, but tune it all out and listen to an awesome father. Listen to somebody that's worth listening to. Yield your, mem your members to obey. It's for your good. It's not for your evil. Listen, a, a, a godly dad or a godly mom is there for your protection, not for your destruction. Amen. A sermon is not for your destruction. It's for your protection. It's for your deliverance. It's not to tear you down. It's to lift you up. It's to warn you of, of the destruction that's coming. Amen. It's to warn you of the dangers and let you know falls are just ahead. Amen. You got to be warned of these things. It's godly instruction to, be, to give heed to. You're going the wrong way. Falls are just, these parents that Solomon is speaking of, they had obeyed the instructions of Moses when he said in Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, and these words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest in thy way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. But what will their children do with this teaching? Verse 9, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. It's, it, or in other words, they are a garland of grace or a, ornaments of gold. These, these, are, these are something that's very valuable. Listen, these services that we're in on Sundays, Wednesdays, or whatever during the day when the presence of God, they are very valuable. 
I don't think sometimes we, we sometimes get very, uh, you know, if you had, you know, gold for pavement or, you know, gold all over your house and, you know, it wouldn't be so valuable to you. Apparently, you'd be very rich. But when somebody that really values something is something that's dear to them, they, they don't just let the words come over the desk and fall to the ground. They grab a hold of them. That's for me. It's valuable. It's like a crown on a king or a necklace on a queen. Amen. This robe that this man refused to put on, he didn't realize the value of it. How valuable it truly was. And, and this is Solomon. He said, my son, he said, he said well, wait, there's going to be other voices that are going to try to take you away from godly instruction and godly wisdom. He said, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent not. Or in other words, don't respond, don't listen, and just go on as though they never spoke. If they say, come with us and let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up alive in the grave and hold as though go down in the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us have one, have one person. In other words, amen, don't, don't, don't listen to what your father and mother is saying. That's not truly valuable. We can give you true riches. We can give you something that's really valuable. Amen. What was it? They was trying to steer the true voice. They were trying to deaden the true voice that would lead that son or lead that daughter to true righteousness, to true holiness, to true purity. Amen. To something that was truly valuable and to try to cheapen a life. Listen to this. He says, my son, walk not in the way with them. Refrain their foot, thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil. Let me show you where they're really going and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread inside of any bird, and they, they that wait, they, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. So after the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof, so the father is warning his son not to yield to the voice of temptation, but to check the path he's on and don't walk. It was saying Psalms 1-1, don't walk with the wrong crowd. Don't play with temptation because temptation leads to a trap. Every time he says in verse 17, in vain a net is spread inside of a bird. In other words, birds don't take the bait when they see the trap. And he said, people ought to be smarter than a bird. You see the trap that's there. Listen, if Satan is talking to you, it's leading to a trap. Amen. He's promising all kinds of things, but it's leading to destruction. Verse 19, it says, they're greedy of gain. They take what they want from life, but eventually they have to pay for it. And they pay, then the price they pay is higher than the value they gain. And they end up, listen to this, and they end up sacrificing the permanent for the immediate. And that's a bad investment. He's trying to show them this is what true riches are. It's the voice of God, godly wisdom. This is what's truly, and, 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 and this, this here is only temporary. Only for a moment. The voice of temptation, verse 11 through 14, is anything that leads us away from the path of God. That isn't the right voice. 
The offer may sound exciting, but it leads to destruction. People today actually find enjoyment in doing evil and somehow having, having fooled them and fooled into thinking those things will satisfy. And they reject eternal treasure with eternal benefits for cheap trinkets of the world and are losing their soul in what they think is a bargain. The voice in this world, everyone has been given a voice. We live in a time everyone has a voice. Used to, people could say something you would never hear from them because they rarely left five miles from their house. They could scream and holler and it only go as far as their voice. But now you can say something that would be heard on the other side of the world. Everyone has a voice. Not one can make a move without somebody saying something. Nothing is private anymore. Everyone has a platform they can scream for them. And that scream don't just go through a few trees and die out. That scream circles the world. Every artist is trying to find a way to get in your ears. Every store is trying to find a way to get into your ears and your pockets. Loud voices, enticing spirits, trying to have their moment to scream to get your attention. The voice of wisdom is screaming also. The voice of salvation is screaming also. And this is not the voice of man's intelligence. This is the voice of the wisdom of Almighty God. It says it here in Proverbs 1 verse 20. Wisdom crieth out. God is crying out. In the middle of all this chaos and the devil saying, I'm going to do this with your life and you come with me and I'll offer you this. But wisdom is crying out and she's crying out and her voice is uttered in the streets. In the streets, all I see is this advertisement and that advertisement. Listen here. He said, she crieth out in the chief places of concourse, in the opening of the gates, in the city she utters her words saying, how does wisdom speak? Loud. It's crying out. People, uh, they, they're walking around as though like they're whistling in a graveyard somewhere. And they're acting like it ain't saying God's not speaking no more. But God is still speaking. His voice is still crying out. His voice is still punctuating or going through and, and, and going down through the alleys and the way and calling out to everyone, whosoever will, come and let him drink from this fountain. His voice is still speaking, it's still calling, it's saying, whosoever come, you can have this robe, you can have this life, you can have this. And people are just walking as though nothing is going on. Listen, no one really has an excuse. Listen to this right here, and these, these, let's turn to Romans 10 and verse 13, it said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth. 
And their words unto the end of the world. But I said, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to a jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But as I is very bold and said, I have found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not for me. But to Israel, he said, all day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. So his voice is going out. It doesn't matter if people won't listen. It doesn't mean that his voice ain't sounding. What if they never come to church service and hear this glorious truth? Listen to Psalms 19 and verse 1. People walk away, walk down the streets every day and say, I never hear from God. I read this early the other morning as I got up, even before the sun come up and was Studying, studying. I started reading this. Psalms 19, 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. So a person cannot walk out of their house, daylight or dark, and not hear the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day after day it uttereth speech. And night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language. In other words, there's not a language in the whole earth where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. He goeth forth in from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. So when the sun rising, it is declaring the voice of almighty God. Let there be light. And it's so. Amen. It's showing there is a God. Whether they want to believe it or not. Whether they want to acknowledge it or not. His voice is sounding. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes of fear, the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord is true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Every go back to that gold around the neck or that crown on the head is what wisdom of God truly is. Amen. Yea, much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, than the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are thy servant worn, and keeping of them there is great reward. Wisdom, salvation has went to the streets to declare the glory of the Lord. But people were so busy going after their day, so consumed with the voices of the day, they miss every day the sun declaring the glory of God. They miss the trees, the grass, the flowers, nature, declaring the glory of God. And then wisdom asked in verse 22, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorners, scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Three classes of sinners wisdom and salvation is speaking to. Simple Scorners or scoffers and fools. The simple ones are who believe anything but examine nothing. 
they gu- they're gullible and led astray. Scorners are those who think they already know everything. And when they come here, what really come and they come and hear what's really important, they turn away and laugh at it. Fools are they who are ignorant of the truth because they're dull of hearing and stubborn. Wisdom is asking, how long will you be told the way but refuse to listen? How long will you sit service after service and not repent? They're given an opportunity to turn away from it. But the voice of God sounds whether somebody will hear it or not. The voice of God will sound whether somebody will believe it or not. But there will be somebody that will believe it. Even though there are other voices there are voices of Hollywood. There's voices of entertainment. There are voices of temptation. There are voices of politics. There are voices of demons. All these voices does not, does not mean that the voice of God is not sounding. And just because the devil is trying to drown it out does not mean it's going to happen. Right. Amen. But God's voice will keep on sounding all the way down to the judgment when he asks why. When I gave you day after day, trying to the the devil is trying to drown out the voice of God, drown out the voice of godliness, drown out the voice of holiness. But that doesn't mean that the voice of God isn't still sounding and still true. You know, the things that we teach in holiness and righteousness. Is not just some man's ideas. It's in the Bible. So if it's in the Bible, it's apparently God's word. That's what I, I mean. I don't know. Is that what you believe? It's God's word and God believes it and God is going to stand on it. No matter what we think or what our excuses are. But he wants to put his robe on you. And too many are trying by their own abilities or their own ways or, you know, and really... If you look at, at things in the Bible and the way people dress and the pay, way people do, and, and, and you, know, you can follow, just for instance, makeup through the Bible. And what was it? It was somebody, as a prophet would scream out, he would say, when you do that, you're not preparing yourself to meet God. You're preparing yourself to meet man. And we don't want to prepare ourselves to meet man. I mean, how? What would what would we do if we was going to have an audience with the with the um, president? Man, we would put the best clothes on. I would think and try to come come or whoever, some great man, some hero of yours, whatever. But yet, God is calling us to a wedding supper, and He's telling us this is not dependent on what you can provide or what you can do or what you can say or think. I have something for you. And, and I just want to go through a few things here before we move on. Because just because there's other voices does not mean that the voice of God is still not sounding. And still not true. You can use whatever excuse you want to and you can say, well, that's just back in the 60s or that's an old fogey whatever. But one day you're going to be asked, why? Why did I not put on the garment he wanted me to put on? It says, no wonder a real true preacher looks upon his congregation, tries to lead them before the throne of God and visit their homes, find them still smoking, telling dirty jokes, 
entertaining with beer and things, walking around the streets. Young women, middle-aged and so forth, even grandmother with little shorts on, mother out in the street with a baby in one arm, sexy enough to attract the attention of any bootlegger, walking the street and call themselves Christians. He said it would make any true man of God blush to bring such a person in the presence of God. And a lot of them are joining churches to, you know, get in a better class. Has something, come to nonsense. He said it did it in that day and it'll do this. He says, bring us back to God. He said, not with the injection of education, not with the injection of religious reformation, not in the injection of some kind of man theology, but back in the old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sent down from God out of heaven in a Pentecostal experience, burning out all carnality and what we think and all of our excuses. And make us sons and daughters of God. Until we do that, brothers and sisters, we'll still have bobbed hair. We'll still have makeup on. We'll still have sexy looking men and women drinking, smoking, calling themselves Christians. Because they don't have it in their hearts to do any different. Oh. So now we see what's going on. If you found yourself there, you got the wrong robe on. You can call yourself a Christian all you want to, but you're going to come before him and he's going to ask you, why did you not put the robe on that I said to put on? And you're going to be speechless. All of a sudden, all your excuses, well, I just do it to cover my pimples. I just do it to cover my this. I, I just do it to look better. I, I, come on, why are you giving those excuses? Who are you trying to attract? You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for man. Well, I don't think there's nothing wrong with drinking a few beers. You find where you're at. You're without the robe of Christ. You're lost. And you're going to be thrown out and gnashing and wailing of teeth. That's the Bible. He said, what we need is some... Some prophets, some blushing prophets, somebody that'll stand and call what's right, right, what's wrong, wrong. What we need is a good house cleaning, a good heart warming, amen. Somebody'll stand in the pulpit and call the thing out and tell what's right and what's wrong and preach the gospel without compromising until sinners fall to the floor and weep till God sends the Holy Spirit to clean up their lives. You know that's right. I'm just talking to a preacher the other day, a man that went to a funeral, and he said, I've never in my life seen mess, so many messes women with makeup on. Why? Is it because God's word ain't true no more? Is it because we let, we just say, you know, we just say, well, I got, I can do this, and God don't care no more. That's your excuse. But you're going to find yourself speechless. You're going to find yourself without excuse. Amen. Amen. We're going to get to a little better spot here in a minute. It's going to get tight, but just hang on for a moment. So I preached here not long ago and said that every woman in this city was guilty one way or another of adultery. A woman go downtown, you can hardly buy a dress until it looks like they're poured in. He said, this is my own church. This is my own church. He said, I have a right to preach what the Holy Spirit tells me to. Let me tell you, I'm not criticizing you, my sister. But don't, let, don't, the, but don't the Holy Spirit teach you different? If it doesn't, I'm afraid you didn't get the Holy Spirit. 
That's right. The Holy Spirit is not just shouting. It's not dancing in the Spirit. It's not speaking in tongue. The Holy Spirit is righteousness. God gives us the Holy Ghost revival. He says of God to send back righteousness. He said, did you realize when you dress yourself like that and walk down the street, men look at you the wrong way. You'll be at the judgment bar. You may be as pure as a lily to your husband, but in judgment, you'll be guilty of committing adultery with that guy. The way you present yourself, he said, no wonder it ought to make a person blush. What must it do to God when the Bible said at the beginning, it grieved him that he made man. It grieved the heart of God and he looked upon the days of the antediluvian destruction that he ever made man what happened they began to look at the daughters that they were fair there was a perversion that was taking place and they were left speechless dead floating in the flood no more lungs in their body oh they had said all kinds of things before that moment to Noah all kinds of excuses was coming out of their mouth. Well, I just don't think it matters. I just don't think. That's just Brother Tim. That's just Brother, that's just Brother Branham. That's just, that, you might as well say that's just God. Because it's in the Bible. Well, I don't think it matters no more. What you're saying really, you don't think God matters. Let's just put it where the rubber hits the road. You don't think the road, you don't think God matters. When he said, if you'll listen, it'll be as a crown on your head. And it'll be as a gold around your neck. You'll have true riches that a man can't give you and a man can't take away. He said, we see today, see the church has taken its pattern not out of the Bible, not from Ruth, not from Naomi, not from Sarah. The ones in the Bible, their pattern, even the women of the church after Hollywood and the very dregs of the devil is how our people who call themselves Christians go out there and get this evil man's ways. Elvis Presley and Arthur Godfrey and all those listen to that kind of nonsense on your radio and refuse to hear the good gospel sermon being preached in the Bible. God have mercy on you. What kind of spirit have we got among us? That's right. No wonder the prophet of God blushed before the Lord. He knew that was unrighteousness and he stood and pleaded a cause and said, God, we're unrighteousness. And he said, we are too, friends. He said, well, listen, quit trying to put on plasters. Quit trying to put on some salve. The healing can't come unless the bloodstream gets right. He said, that's the reason people's got diabetes. If one could ever cut himself, probably never heal up because the real red blood cells is ate up. And he said, the whole church has become diabetic, selfishness, greed, immoral, all kinds of wrongdoings, men drinking, smoking, wearing shorts, telling dirty jokes, women cutting their hair, wearing makeup, doing all kinds of things, dressing them themselves immorally in face of people. All these things are because it's the lack of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all righteousness. Mercy. One day, somebody's going to hear the word of God. Somebody's going to say that's nothing but the truth. Let's go back to Proverbs 123. Let me read this before we do. He said, He was God of the Old Testament. He's God of the New. 
He's the God same today, yesterday, today, and forever. You know then down in your heart that a supernatural work is being done by a supernatural being. When, you'll know when you once drank, you once smoked, you once lied. You women once loved the world so much you kept wearing your makeup, short hair, doing other things you did. And you find out something happened. And all the devils, oh glory to God, and all the devils in hell can't make you do it again. Why? Because you turned your ear to a true voice. A supernatural word by a supernatural God made a creature of time into a creature of eternity. It took all the world out of you and put Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you're filled with this Holy Spirit, robed and ready to meet him. Hallelujah. Proverbs 1.23 says, turn you at my reproof. Turn, behold, I will pour out my spirit upon you. If you turn, I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make known my words unto you because I've called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no man regardeth, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh, the desolation and destruction cometh as the whirlwind. Bind him and cast him out and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, and I'll not answer. They shall seek me early, and they'll not find me. For they that hated knowledge did not choose the fear of the Lord. And they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearketh unto me shall dwell safely. Hallelujah. And shall be quiet from fear and evil. Chapter 2. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her, what? The voice of understanding, wisdom. Her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Jeremiah 19 says, it like this, and ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Back to verse 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Amen. He keepeth the judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. All the way, next verse. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and good path. Amen. Keep going. And when wisdom entereth in the heart and knowledge is pleasant in thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leaveth the path of unrighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in forwardness of the wicked. Amen. Whose ways are crooked and they forward in their paths. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger, which flattereth with her words the voice. Listen, next verse. Who forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto the dead and her paths unto the dead. 
None that goeth her shall return again, neither take they hold of the path of life, that thou mayest walk in the way of a good man and keep the path of righteousness. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Hallelujah. What is it? They're going to be cut off. Their voice is going to be silenced. Hallelujah. That's where I really want to get to tonight or today is the voice of the wicked will be silenced. Hallelujah. Yes, if you go there without the robe of God on, you're going to be speechless. But once you get the robe of God on, then a devil in hell can make you do that again. Hallelujah. You'll throw the things away. It ain't worth it. I'm going in the path of righteousness. I'm going after the kingdom of God with all my heart. Hallelujah. Let's go on down. He says here, there, come, there is coming an end to the enemy's voice. Hallelujah. The wicked one will be rooted out. When one listens to the voice of God and takes heed to that voice, what happens? It actually shuts off the effect of the world's voice or the enemy's voice. It makes the devil's voice lose its effect. Or as we heard at the end of Wednesday night, it cancels the devil's plans. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Amen. I know every one of us was going down the wrong path and we was going down the wrong road, but all of a sudden we heard another voice. And that voice said, that's not where you belong. That's not where you're to go. That's not your path. You're going down the wrong path. And we heard and we turned. Hallelujah. And we started tuning in our voice to another dimension, to another land. And that land has become such an effect in our lives till it makes us act different, think different, walk different, talk different. And there ain't a devil. Hallelujah. There ain't a devil that can make you do it again if the robe of righteousness is on your life. It sealed you unto the day of your redemption. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Oh, can our heart rejoice in the Lord this morning? My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more exceedingly proud. In other words, the enemy, you might as well shut up because I ain't listening to you no more. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. And the bows of mighty men are broken, and they stumbled. They that stumbled are girded with strength. And they that were full have hired themselves for bread. And they that were hungry see, so that the barren hath borne seven. And she that hath many children is wax feeble. And the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises 
raises up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar out of the dunghill and set him among princes to make them inherit the throne of God. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon him. He will keep the feet of his saints. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. That old enemy that has been haunting at you, one day his voice is going to be silent. That enemy that says it ain't for you, one day his voice is going to be silent. That enemy that says you can't be healed, one day that voice is going to fall silent. When he watches the king of kings come down and move on your behalf, he will have to remain in silence in darkness. Hallelujah. For by his strength, no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. And out of heaven shall he thunder or a voice shall speak upon them. And the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. And he shall give strength unto his kings and exalt the horn of his anointed. Hallelujah. As we read Revelations 1 and verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. It's a great voice. It's a final voice. Uh, If we could ever get in our minds and our hearts that the enemy's voice is not the final voice. He don't have the final say on your behalf. He don't have the final say of your destination. He don't have the final say of your sickness or whatever you're battling this morning. He is not the final voice, but you can hear another voice. A loud voice, a great voice, as of a trumpet, as of a lion that roars. And when he speaks, everything else goes silent. I had to go back again and look at some more things. When God says go, get going. When God says you can do it, you can do it. (laughs) When God says anything, we believe it. When God says it's so, that makes it the truth. When God said healing's for you, then go get it. When God says anything, it's got to be. When God says no matter what the circumstance is, it is anyhow. When God says so, it's never failed. It can't fail because it's God. When God says anything and commissions it and sends it to the earth, all hell might explode. It'll never change God's word. It'll be anyhow because God has spoken it. And when God says he's going to do anything, just believe it because it's going to happen. When God says I will, it's already done. When God says anything, we can say amen to it. Hallelujah. That is the final voice. Hallelujah. The voice of cancer rose up in our midst, but that wasn't the final voice. The final voice was, I have healed you. The final voice was, Miriam, your enemy is dead. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Let that voice speak this morning. Amen. The the voice might be saying, listen, it's not for you. You're just going to be lost. You're going to be, the voice is speaking this morning saying, I have called you. Come unto me, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Here's a final voice here this morning, and it ain't the voice of man. It's the voice of Almighty God. 
Listen, Satan may make his boast and he's going to, but when that voice speaks, he has to remain in silence. Pharaoh made all kind of boasting and I'm going to go and I'm going to bring them back to Egypt and I'm going to put them back under my thumb and I'm going to, I, well, I, I'm just going to do what, what I'm going to do. And he takes his taskmasters and his armies boasting, but where are they at today? They lay silent in the Red Sea. Go find them if you can. Philistines, 500 boasting. Shamgar, I'm going to take everything you got. I'm going to destroy you. Uh, you're not going to be an overcomer. You're going, to, you're going to go another year in this torment. You're going to go another year without a job. You're going to go another year, amen, with nothing. You're going to go another year, and you're going to, there's another voice that speaks. Shamgar had enough of listening to those voices, and he took the voice of God that says, You are a son of Abraham. Grab what you got and go take care of your enemy. Hallelujah. Where, where are those 500 boasting Philistines at today? Laying somewhere in dust and darkness, silent. Philistines, a thousand of them boasting, telling Samson, come on, we're going to take you back. You're our prisoner. Next thing you know, a thousand of them laying silent. And I got to thinking about that. I, I, I just put myself in their shoes. I don't know how the thousandth one got there. When a man picks up this old dried jawbone and begins to whoop through your metal and your armor and kill, I, I, I'd give myself maybe five. I'm out. <laughs> Amen. I said the other day, Brother Rons, I found out Philistine is Spanish for stupid. <laughs> it's the truth. They had to be stupid. Dumb devil. 500. Why did it take 500? What in the world? This man jumps out of his little skinny little bony man, been starved half to death, jumps out with an ox goat and begins to whoop. It took 500? They all laid there speechless. They couldn't no longer say, this ain't your land. They couldn't no longer say, healing ain't for you. They couldn't no longer say, this ain't your promise. They couldn't no longer say, this ain't your word. They couldn't no longer say, the Holy Ghost ain't for you, because I got the Holy Ghost on. They couldn't no longer say that this ain't your place, this ain't your house, you don't belong in this church, you don't belong here, you just, you're just an out. They couldn't say another word. Speechless. Hallelujah. Goliath came out 40 days, boasting, making mockery. But that 40th day, I wonder if he realized that was his last day. I love that. Goliath had a Pharaoh had a last day, Taskmasters had a last day, Philistines had a last day. Oh, glory to God. Goliath had a last day. Amen. Amen. Goliath come out and he pushed his breakfast back. That was his last day to push his breakfast back. Put my armor on. That was his last day to put it on. Walk out of his tent and make his boast. That was the last time he made his boast. Because there happened to be another set of ears that was tuned to a different sound. 
Hallelujah. When he heard that voice, he said, hey, that's an uncertain sound. I don't have to listen to that sound. I've been listening to some tapes. I've been listening to the word of God. I've been listening to thus saith the Lord. And I have been anointed for this moment. Hallelujah. I have had the oil of God poured upon my life. And I am anointed for this moment. And I'm going to take his head off. Hallelujah. That's what will happen when you start listening to the word of God. It'll cut off your makeup. It'll cut off your worldly dress. It'll cut off your rebellion. It'll cut off all those things. And you'll have a different look about you. Why? You've been feeding on something different. And when that uncertain sound comes in, you don't even give here to it. I don't have to listen to him. Who is that uncircumcised devil? Amen. Tormenting the armies of the living God. And today, where's he at? Speechless. In darkness. Maybe you've been, we was all sold in slavery, every one of us. Adam sold the human race into slavery. But there's been a trumpet that sounded. Let's read about it in Leviticus 25 and verse 9. So then thou shalt cause the trumpet of jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And you shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possessions. And you shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall be that fiftieth year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap. Which groweth in of itself in it, neither gather the grapes of it in the vineyard undressed, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy unto you, you shall eat the increase thereof. The year of the jubilee you shall return every man unto his possession. Here they were, slaves, bought with a price, had to serve the master. He could tell them where to go, when to get up, what to do. They were slaves. They had to listen to what his voice said. But once that voice sounded, they didn't have to listen to this voice no more. Hallelujah. When the trumpet sounded, the slave be out there. All of them want to return back to their lands. Been stomping in the fields. Taskmasters been beating them, telling them what to do. What road to pick? What road to hoe? Where to go? What, when to get up? When to go to bed? All these things. And when that trumpet sounded... That slave could look that taskmaster in the face and say, you can't hit me not one more time. I'm free. He could throw that hoe down and go home. Why? Because a different voice was sounding through the land. Hallelujah. I want you to know today, this morning, there is a different voice that is sounding through the land. You don't have to be a slave any longer. You don't have to serve rebellion any longer. You don't have to serve the Hollywood no longer. You don't have to serve the voices of this world any longer. There is a greater voice. And it's the voice that said, let there be light. And it's still shining today. It said, let there be, and it is. Hallelujah. I say, let that voice speak this morning. And say, let there be sons and daughters rise and go take their land. Hallelujah. Here now, he said, here not long ago, a little lady in Louisville Catholic dying. 
I went over there to pray for, and the priest said, nonsense to such a thing. And her husband said, step aside, let him come on in. And I walked in there, and the woman was supposed to be dead by the next morning. But while praying for her, a vision broke and said, thus saith the Lord, she's healed. And told her how many hours would be exactly to the dot, and she would go home well. And they laughed it to scorn. They said it couldn't be so. It was impossible. But that very same hour, the Holy Ghost spoke. She went home well, a well woman. Hallelujah. When that voice speaks, there's nothing that can hold it any longer. Amen. Every devil may try to come and encamp about it and hold back the promises, but that voice is greater than any devil. That voice is greater than any sickness. That voice is greater than any tormenting spirit. That voice is greater than any kind of disease or any kind of thing that'll hold a child of God. If that's a seed of God, there's a deep that calleth unto the deep. And when it hears that voice sound, it says, Yes, Lord. Amen. I'm getting out of here and I'm walking home well. Yes, Lord, I'm getting out of here delivered. I'm not going to serve this thing no more. When the Holy Ghost speaks, you can go home well. You can go home delivered. You can go home saved. You can go home Holy Ghost filled this morning. When that trumpet sounds the gospel, the good news... You're no longer bound. You no longer have to live in sin. You no longer have to serve that devil. You can go home and be free. You don't owe any debt at all. It's all been paid. The whole emancipation, the proclamation is done, signed, and you're free. And today when a man hears the good news, Christ died for me. Nothing you did about it. Christ paid the price. The gospel sound, you can drop every cigarette, every tobacco, whiskey, whatever's holding you, binding you, and say, I'm free. This is the good news. Christ has made me free. I am a free person. You don't have to go that way any longer. You don't have to serve the devil any longer. You can be free if you listen to that voice. You don't have to drink. You don't have to run around. You don't have to mistreat your wife. You don't have to curse. You don't have to lie. You don't have to steal. You don't have to be weary. Amen. You don't have to be just a message believer. You don't have to be just full of head knowledge. You can have the very robe of Christ. It's offered to you. But if you say, I must have a little pleasure. I'm, I'm going to, I don't, I, I, this other is more important. Could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine a slave wanting to remain a slave. When that slave would say, no, I'm not going to listen to that trumpet sound. They would take him to the temple. They would bore his ear with an awl. And he'd never be free. And this is where this man with his robe came to. He refused to heed the call. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Put this on. Take off what you can do. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be good enough to receive what he's trying to offer you. The only thing that 
you can do is say, Lord, I lay all what I got aside and I put on Jesus Christ. I put on his righteousness. I put on his holiness. I don't want to be just a Methodist, Baptist, Pentecost, Presbyterian, message person. I want to be yours. But there's coming an end to the voice of Satan. Revelations 21 and 3. <laughs> and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Oh, glory to God. I don't know how we can read that without just crying or shouting or doing something. Because he said that. And if he said it, he's got to bring it to pass. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Death's voice is shut forever. There shall be no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. They lay silent in the grave. One day the voice of death will sound no more. We just heard the voice of death as it took a little girl, 16 years old, snatched her away from a family. One day that voice will sound no more. We heard the voice of sorrow as they were crying over their lost loved one. One day, that voice will sound no more because there'll be no more party. There'll be no more goodbyes. There'll be no 16-year-olds dying a car wreck. There'll be no one taken away by cancer or some disease. It will all be silenced. Oh, glory to God. And our crying will be silenced. There'll be a day you won't be in your bedroom no more crying over some problem or some situation. That voice will be no more. And no more pain. So the voice of sickness, disease, torment, parting, goodbyes, fear, anxiety, all these voices. Will one day be silent, speechless. They won't have any more in them, any more power to say another word. Cancer won't be able to speak no more. Sugar diabetes, its voice will be silent. High blood pressure, silent. <laughs> Sin, silent. Anxiety, silent. Fear, silent. Worry, silent. You'll get there. There's no worry. Worry can't say a word. His life is gone from it. It can cause another issue. Anxiety is dealt with. All these things are gone. Speechless. 
Why? Because you put on the robe. So I ask you today, which one will be speechless? You or your enemy? Which one? Will it be you when you come before him and you realize I tried to do it on my own? I tried to manufacture. I vamped. Brother Wayne used that in a youth meeting. We was in the old church about vamping. It's what actually actors would do. They called it back in the 20s. It was a word that was used very regularly called vamping. They'd make them to be something they were, wasn't. It's actually what Jezebel did. She vamped when she came before the man of God. She tried to put on something that she wasn't. It's fake. And it will be exposed when you stand before him and you're speechless. Or will it be? They're shouting. There's glory and honor and praising God. There's worshiping around the throne. There's giving glory to the Lamb who was slain. Took away your sins and you're singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And your enemy is speechless. He can't bring up one thing against you because it's all gone. I think of Rahab as she come out of that city. And they would bring her, and the law was, if it was a harlot, you was to stone her. But you also had to bring her accuser with her. And they began to bring her to a trial, to, to bring her as a harlot. And they said, well, wait a minute. You've got to bring her accuser also. Where's your accuser? They're all dead. They're speechless. I never did it in the first place. I'm justified. It's all gone. It's all buried in the sea of his forgetfulness. He dealt with it. And he said that I could go free. Which one's going to be speechless? You or your enemy? Let's bow our heads. The former things are passed away. Let me read this all again. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that a thirst of fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving... And the abominable, and murders, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of the burning of the fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Which one will be speechless?
Lord, I, I don't want to be that one. I want to now, Lord, as a lamb, shear all my rights, all my will, all my way. Maybe this morning you need to talk it over with the Lord. I, I just want to open this altar to you to talk it with Him. Say, Lord, I've been listening to the wrong voice. But I want to listen to you. I don't want to get there on that day and be speechless. I don't know what to say. Lord, I, I, want, I want my enemies to be speechless. I run to you. Lord Jesus, we just ask, Lord, that you would take this service however you will. You would touch the hearts and the lives of your children, Lord. Father, we know the voices that are in the land. There's voices that are screaming out. There's no God. The Bible is just a, a book written by some man, some, some person somewhere. No truth. Just as they screamed out in Noah's day, Moses' day, every other day, voices. But one day these voices are going to lay silent. There's going to be a voice of the redeemed that are screaming out, You're my God. You're my Savior. You called me. When I was lost and I was so undone, you called me and you brought me back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. There's going to be voices screaming out, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving a wretch like me. Thank you, Lord, that you brought me amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Thank you, Jesus. While their enemies lay silent, no more worry, no more parting, no more pain, no more sorrow. All the tears are wiped away. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get before you. I don't know if I'll be able to say a word. I don't know if I'll shout, dance. I can just imagine what I'll do. But Lord, I don't want it to be like this man. That I tried in my own doings, in my own ways. And I failed. But Lord, I want to be given to you. Wholly surrendered unto you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I give myself away and sing that. Hallelujah. I give myself away.